0: Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please, join your host, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, or KP, and Lauren Kizich, the Abbey Roadie, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to support by giving a like, a follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible A Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word, and keep being a part of a great community. (music) This episode contains some mild adult language.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to this fun episode of Animation Communication, so people can stop asking me how to make a YouTube channel and what to do with it, essentially. But, um, because we haven't really talked about that topic directly yet, so this is our attempt to talk about it, like, somewhat directly. So congratulations, I guess you're gonna learn stuff today, I guess. Um, so I have learn as usual, so say hi, Larn.
2: Yes, hello. And uh, very, very excited to be here today. When am I not? I I like this. As (laughs) as
1: usual. And then so um, our guest today, uh, Ed Ake, has or wants to do the news segment with us. So he's going to give his opinions about stuff that is happening in the world. So Ed, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, I guess talk about like a little bit of your background, like briefly.
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, Hello, everyone. My name is Eddie Boley, a.k.a. EdAke. I run a YouTube channel that's kind of a mixture of, like, animated story times and uh, video essays. And I just talk about the stuff I like, sort of a bit bit of nerdy stuff, geeky stuff, cartoons mainly, you know, all that all that good jam.
1: So are people. (laughs) Um, Yes. Yeah. For the people that want to know. So uh, this is... um... If you don't watch content, this is basically after our big uh goofy collab, which has done surprisingly well, so if you haven't seen that <laughs> yet you can you can go like learn basically some some nonsense that we couldn't find a conclusion on, but it's interesting nonsense, i guess and then you can come i like back it's, a, it's listen... a goofy
3: collab in both <laughs> senses of the word. <laughs> <sighs>
1: But yeah, my favorite fact is like um Eddie volunteered to we- basically watch all of Goof Troop, which is a 90s show um predating the Goofy movie and it was kind of like the segue into the Goofy movie. So that ha- how was that experience in general? Um
3: Eddie? Oh, hell, it was grueling because Goof Troop is not a show that's designed to be binged and it's just a it's fun, it's it's a fine time waste, but then when you're trying to watch 78 episodes in a in a binge block session it's it's very tiring very quick there's there's no there's nothing there's nothing's building up to there's no arc there's no emotional stakes it's, nice it's just like happy-go-lucky slapstick humor and it's like i mean that's fine but like not not for hours and hours well, to it back
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's an animated sitcom <laughs>
3: yeah well, even at least in like most sitcoms, you know, people get older and stuff. So there is still like some sense of progression. But in this, it's just like a perpetual void of time loop where these characters are just trapped in, in this eternity forever and nothing changes. And it's just like, ugh. <laughs> it's fine. But it's just, as I said, it's not a show to be watched, it's to be binged
1: yeah for my understanding, um the director of the Goofy movie was like, This is the same universe as the Goof Troop, but I'm just like when we like when Eddie was telling me all this stuff, like a lot of the goof Troop timeline in itself doesn't line up, which we mentioned in the video, so I'm just like, which one is it like you can't you can't have your cake and eat it too, you know i Disney? I definitely say
3: that the goofy movie is like out and out the best that came out of the whole goofy and Max era because max is basically gone now he's kind of coming back but like he's been basically absent from the disney canon i think for like a decade now so um it, but but the goofy movie the first one is definitely the best thing to come out of it um because it, it actually has the emotional stakes it actually has like max falling out with his father because like part of the research was like looking into how they developed the show and and they were saying then like Max is this kid, he's like cool, he likes skateboards, he likes pizza, he's a nineties kid. But also he's so embarrassed of his dad. And that just doesn't come through in the show. It comes it's like maybe the plot of two episodes in all of them. The rest of the time he's just going along with everything just fine. And it's only until the movie do they actually like drive that home that yeah, he's deeply embarrassed about his goofy father, and um it it it, it, it it's better for it.
1: Yeah. Um, and coming off, I had to watch the college movie, um, that was the sequel to the Goofy movie, because I guess, so the Goofy movie, from my understanding, had a theatrical release, and then I guess the college mm-hmm. movie was directed It DVD. didn't.
3: I don't I believe it had a theatrical really? release. It, it, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was straight to VHS as well, because, um, it got sidelined for the Recess
2: movie. Yeah, but, well, which... I mean, yeah, the Extremely Goofy movie, yeah, the Extremely Goofy movie <laughs> didn't get a theatrical release. The first one did. Um, but yeah, because this recess movie came around the end of the 90s, which is right around the time that yeah, extremely goofy movie came out. Yeah.
1: On. Yeah. So, oh,
3: maybe, maybe um, it was that way around then. Okay. Maybe I have my facts yeah. wrong.
1: <laughs> so um, the extremely goofy movie is kind of like just okay, essentially. But anyway, yeah. this is not the goofy podcast. So, you know, um, so we'll do our news segment. We'll talk about what's like upcoming in animation in general. And then we'll get into your YouTube dying um questions about how youtube works because i still don't really know know how it works and so i have to ask eddie about things and he's just like i don't know and you know that's kind of the the takeaway Uh, so uh lauren what are the what are the news stories call me hughie lewis i was gonna say
2: well well we actually have i won't do that (laughs) well we actually have a few very 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 exciting headlines Uh, The first one, which I'm sure within the past 24 hours, at least as of recording this episode, everybody's been excited about it. Well, at least all the people that don't hate Hasbun Hotel are talking about it. Uh, Hasbun Hotel got greenlit for a full TV series by A24. Now, if you don't know about A24, it's a studio that has uh, produced uh, movies like uh, Lady Bird and the lighthouse like all of these kind of like the indie films kind of like i guess you could say almost like a sony pictures classic kind of thing where they kind of do they they cater more to uh creatives and their creative vision except a24 has been known to be one of the best for that and i believe this is one of their first ventures if not their first venture uh into funding uh animation so uh I, I think it's really exciting that we get to have this, and I'm sure they're just about as excited, too, because uh, if you don't know about Has Been Hotel, I mean, we've talked about it elsewhere on the podcast before, but uh, Has Been Hotel is uh, has a pilot episode on YouTube, independently animated by these animators from all over the world, uh, and it was created with characters in the story created by Vivziepop, Pop a.k.a. Uh, Vivian Madrano, and uh, she's it's kind of been her her passion project, her, her life's blood for many years, uh, to get this story out. And so, uh, and the pilot itself is free to watch on YouTube right now, uh, and has over 40 million views now <laughs> as of, uh, as of today's date, which is, well, I'm, I'm not going to say it, it's just whatever, <laughs> it's the day after we had, uh, the, the announcement for Husband Hotel getting a greenlit series. But, uh, but basically, uh. It's it's huge news, huge for the independent animation industry, huge for creative-friendly pilots getting greenlit instead of uh, rehashing old uh, properties uh, that don't need to be rehashed, <clears throat> side-eyeing Ren and Stimpy.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to uh, that but, in a second. <laughs> but that is uh,
2: the big, huge, particularly exciting headline for me, at least, because <laughs> being a, a a huge fan of the of the show. And if it's been off hell of a boss, uh, and just the overall fact that it was an independently animated and produced project built from the ground up and funded by, you know, just people like viewers like you, uh, it was it it's a huge deal. So we <laughs> did it, and then oh yeah, yeah. I
1: I'll just go, yeah, yeah yeah. Oh, I was just gonna give my two cents essentially. So like no one really knows this because I don't talk about it a lot, but um. My my end all be be all goal is to run a be a showrunner for a series that I've had in my head for like probably since I was in high school at this point. So it's gotten better, but it's still like I don't talk about it at all. I don't share the OCs at all. Like no one like no one knows about it unless they looked in my sketchbook. So, you know, I've been trying to like, well, I know the YouTube thing is great, but if you want to make an animated like series, it just there's no way to do it independently. Like I don't care how much money you have, like, you know, when you're when you're creating and you're managing people, it sh- it can be very draining. So um the takeaway I think from this news is, you know, if I just work even harder on YouTube, then I can like eventually get a pilot version of my thing ready and then we can just wait for Disney to to accept me and love me essentially. But yeah, so um I think that's like and that's kind of like the back end of my goals too because not that we've done a pilot because pilots are hard especially frame by frame pilots rip um but we have done the shorts before and it's it's kind of nice that the industry is changing where you know it's it's giving more access to creators like from all sides of the coin except people that you know it's 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 a little flexible than this but like you know especially in the 90s and the 80s like you had to come straight out of cal arts and you know you had to meet people and you know, that kind of way. And, like, I don't know if you ever checked, but CalArts is, like, fucking expensive. So, you know, I don't want to, like, you know, that's the way to go if you can afford it, essentially. So CalArts is an animation school. Uh, started by Walt Disney in um, in California, obviously. CalArts, you get it. So, um, but a lot, a lot of ways, um, like, back in the day, that was the only way, like, the sure ticket to get in. But now it's just people are kind of making their own way and i think that's like really cool i think that's part of the point too so okay I think, lauren i think Go this, this ahead, is
3: Eddie. like yeah I, I think this is incredible news and it's not just like yeah not just the other fronts you, you're saying but also for like lgbtq plus uh, representation as well because it's like a i believe it's queer-led as well and um and like for that to be like they're the protagonists of the show it's like wow like a lot of all this is just unheard of before and it's it's nice to see that like same situations with like uh final space and don't hug me i'm scared these are also shows that like began life as youtube pilots or shows and then just got because they picked up so much steam they got developed into these full-fledged things and um, it just goes to show that there is still a place for web animation because a lot of the time it is seen as like definitely lesser because it's so creator controlled uh, and it's it's just I guess just putting it onto YouTube is seen as like not as, as illegitimate because it's like oh you know any anyone with a webcam can make a YouTube video so um, there's there's no there's no uh, gravitas to just sticking on a, a, a cartoon pilot that you may have spent two years on developing um and and put it onto youtube um but then like yeah then the proof is in the pudding right with, with those incredible numbers and it's well deserving like I, I i adored the pilot and i'm thrilled to see it, it it's uh finally sort of sort of get wings and, and go places plus it's uh it, it's a show based in hell like that is such a such a difficult sell to any network you know like given how like deeply christian like a lot of like uh some of the like the viewer base yeah especially in the u.s you know like to to sell a show that's premise is it's hell uh is a hard hard sell and and that's and that's uh yeah that's that's a miracle i think what's also
2: (laughs) truly genius about it being in hell is because that means the characters can be as flawed as you want to make them and that's what makes them such memorable characters that's why i've said for so many so many projects why people seem to gravitate more towards the villains than they do the heroes, and it's because of their flaws. It's because they recognize that the flaws are what makes us human. And even with the demons in hell, you see that there's the the flaws that make them human and they were all at one point human. So, uh, so I think that's what's really cool to see and, um, I know so many people are, are, you know, backlashing the whole prospect of, oh, but it's almost like because they're they're gay and they're in hell it's like it's bad to be gay like no it's acknowledging the fact that even people within the community have acknowledged that i mean any like i think somebody put it it was funny that somebody put it as it's not like steven universe where you can have you know positive you know like i guess they say sugar-coated lgbtq plus representation in there is that you can still have bad people be gay too. And but the thing is is that the people even in the characters even in the show, they have certain qualities where you can show that they are redeemable characters. And that's why they're in the hotel. So it's like, exactly. come on. It's like and if and, and if you haven't watched the music video for Addict, uh, it will change your perspective I'm sure and I hope it will change your perspective on Angel Dust in particular and his backstory so i mean i'm just saying it's there's a lot there and plus there's comics to help flesh out everything and everyone in the whole lore of the of the realm that they're in and it's just yeah so uh, that's what i'm i'm just saying it's it, people need to give it a shot if they haven't already
3: <laughs> there's there's one other aspect that i think is key to to all this as well is the fact that um that it was uploaded as a youtube pilot that means when it was picked up she gets full creative control like there's no like There's no studio heads or like no, but change all this. You know, make everyone a straight white male. Like, you know, there's no one who can like dictate those changes now. It's like no, she she owns the whole thing because once you once you share it, you know, once you make something public, you automatically just get copyright just like off the bat. So uh, she owns the whole thing. She can kick. She can command creative control, and this means this will be truly like her vision, what she wants out of it, and that's. Especially with A24 backing
2: her for that where they I've even looked up reviews and and experiences that people have had working with A24 and they say they are one of the best studios that is the most like one of the most creative friendly studios because they want to have stuff that is unique. They want creators to actually bring forth their vision because that's what makes a better product and what people more people want to see instead of what people expect to see. So uh, so I think that's what's really great, especially when they've backed projects like Lady Bird in the Lighthouse, which, uh, you know, that's how you get unique projects and unique visions is that you have these unique perspectives coming forth as in- into the film medium. And now we have this TV series, which at the, as far as I know, we don't know how it'll be released as a series yet, but, we are, but there is the rumor that it most positively will be on a streaming service of sorts like a Hulu uh netflix uh maybe even uh uh, possibly amazon prime we're not sure yet but uh but they do have their roots in many streaming services so we'll see it probably (laughs) won't be disney plus (laughs) oh my
1: gosh wouldn't that be like wouldn't that be the funniest marketing campaign though come to hell on but with on disney they already
2: censored hamilton They did. There yeah. are certain points where they did have to, because they were recording it for Disney Plus or whatnot, or were recording it so that it would appeal to an all ages audience or whatever. There were certain things where they they could swear a couple times, but they were there were other points where they had to like they switched out words or whatever. And yeah, it, yeah. I mean it's nothing in, truly invasive, but it for those who do know the music and or have seen the show, and they just they, they notice it. <laughs>
3: I mean it's clear what they are okay, saying, but God. it just just like cuts to silence. You know, It'd be like you mother. As you know, so, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was gonna say we do have a couple other headlines here too, Um, and I'll I'll try to keep them short. First of all, uh, there was the de- uh, design reveal of the Anime Animaniacs revival, which is now we we know it'll be November twenty twenty uh, when it will come out on Hulu, and so I'm really excited about that. And what's even more exciting is that they look that with the designs, they look exactly as they did where the show left off 20 something years ago. Easiest character
1: <laughs> design job ever. <laughs>
2: yeah. And but I mean and but that's also part of the charm of the animaniacs. If you tried to change it, it's really hard to update them without you know making them look as they I mean with the way they looked, I don't know. It's just it's almost like I mean Mickey Mouse changed over the years, but there are some of those essential aspects of his character where if you change that, then he's no longer Mickey, right? With the animaniacs their simple design, but it's effective. And if you changed any part of their design that doesn't, it it's almost like the, the you lose some of the comedy in their designs as well because they played off a lot of that in the show, uh, as it stood before. So we'll see what they bring in, come November this year, and so I'm I'm very excited.
3: I'd be very interested to see it actually in motion because like the thing with Animaniacs and a lot of the shows of the 90s, like Goof Trip, uh, it, it was like the work was split up between different studios, and so therefore episode to episode sometimes the animation and the art style would sort of alter in quite noticeable ways um so i would be curious to see how they how they translate that in this version i assume it's going to be consistent um but but the original show was inconsistent so i'm, I'm going to be interested to see like when a trailer comes out and how it actually looks in motion yeah
2: yeah i'm really excited because i uh, am was one of my favorite shows as a kid um, so to see it coming back and to see how they will take on the 21st century, I'm very curious to see how that'll go. <laughs> and then, uh, I guess, uh, KP, do you have any thoughts on that or should I move on to the final?
1: Headline? Uh, no, I, I mean, I think you guys already said stuff that I was going to say anyway. So,
2: okay. And then I guess, uh, the final headline, uh, was the, uh, the hashtag was going around earlier in, uh, over this past week was hashtag Rise of the TMNT finale. And uh, nobody was sure if it meant the season finale or the series finale. Well, as of yesterday, as of recording this, uh, it was the series finale. Uh, And so uh, the show's been around for a couple years now, uh, this incarnation of the TMNT. Uh, This one infamously got a lot of backlash because people were very attached to the uh, not only the 2012 version, uh, but to just previous incarnations of the turtles. I, every time a new turtle show comes out, you're going to have the diehard people that are just going to find something wrong with it. Uh, but this, we... but as, I haven't watched the entire series, but what I've seen in a number of episodes and what I have seen, especially in clips, is just how dynamic and unbelievably just just mind blowing. How fast paced and, and action packed, uh, I've this, you know, the, the rise of the TMNT was, and in its animation, it was 2D animated too, just gorgeous, gorgeously done. Um, very anime in, influenced in terms of, you know, fight choreography and action and action, uh, perspective and poses, and, and just like, but it was, it was just so much fun. How could anybody at this point hate on a show? I don't care if they say, it's like, how could I ha- anybody hate on that? I don't understand. <laughs> I'm like, sorry that Leo's not the leader anymore in this incarnation. <laughs> sorry that all of this changed. Sorry that they're all different species of turtles. Gosh, I <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts of it, is that they were all different kinds of s- turtles, because me, being a bio geek, I like that stuff.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't seen any of the actual new series itself, but I have seen like um a lot of the clips in isolation like off the fight sequences and it's just like it looks awesome like i I need to track down how i can watch it here in the uk but um yeah I, I i can't wait to see this and i think on the point of like people just getting angry every time like the turtles is quite unique um as a franchise that like yeah it's not just like it gets remade like all the time and um each time it is like they do mix it up with the art style and stuff and that's great because like i mean i grew up with the with the first 90s show and um you know i, I loved and adored it at the time but at the same time i can't deny that like the character designs were bland because well i mean mm-hmm. they they're based on action figures <laughs> and so they're all like you know they,
2: were,
3: they, they all look they're alike a the...
2: turtle but <laughs>
3: With different bandanas right <laughs> so um, so I'm glad just to, to see this version it's like well yeah obviously they need to mix up the character designs because just so you can tell them apart like say you had you know say you're colorblind or something or, you know you need to be able to still tell who's who not just from the different color bandana um, oh I
1: never thought yeah. of that like the poor colorblind people watching TMNT <laughs> oh
3: god yeah oh no so yeah. like, I mean I, I even did a, a bit in one of my videos about character design and i had like one of the turtles silhouetted and it was like a who's that pokemon but who's this turtle and it's like you can't tell <laughs> when they're in silhouette you just can't tell who it is unless they're holding their weapon so um
2: yeah i think the best i think the best instance of character silhouette for tmnt has been in this incarnation the second best would have been the 2012 version because at least they were trying to differentiate them in their models and in their coloration and in their and truly in their voices and personalities um because it seems like I mean you could tell there were different personalities before, but it it what's really can sell the different personalities is how different they look from each other, you know, so it's like um and especially just with the 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 silhouettes and even just the even the designs and details uh in rise of the TMNT, I feel like this was in in terms of design one of the strongest. Incarnations of the show, and it's just a shame that it didn't last as long. But you know what? Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least they made it. We did mm-hmm. it, kind of.
2: Oh, and Zelda Williams, Robin Williams' daughter, was one of the voices in the show too. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because if I if she kind of it's funny because her character kind of looks a little like 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 Zelda. So that, I think that's pretty
1: cool. I miss Robin Williams. Okay, we'll move on because that will be sad. Anyway, yeah, so that's the end of
2: the
0: news segment.
1: (laughs) Okay, so Lauren, why don't you lead, um, because you researched the questions, especially because you're you're a little bit of an outsider on this topic, so it might be interesting.
2: Okay, so uh, I guess, Ed, uh, I guess where to start here, is where did you get your start in content creation? And maybe talk a little bit about uh, your history with Newgrounds.
3: Oh, gosh. Um... (laughs) How old are
1: you, exactly?
3: (laughs) So new grounds. Um, so I began. Um, so I, I began content creation. I, I sort of began in comics. So I'd, um, I'd always like self-produce weekly comics to like ten views a week, and I was very proud of that. And um, <laughs> the thing is, I've like I've, I've gone.
1: I was going to be like oh it's it's 10 different accounts from your mom she supports you that much. No that was
3: mean though but uh, no, no, no it, was, it was probably just me like hitting refresh and be like oh there's another view. <laughs> it's just it's me. We did it. <laughs> but um I've always been like creatively minded like making stuff like all the time ever since I was a kid ever since I could pick up a pen basically uh just drawing my own comics or or stuff and wanting to get into cartoons. Uh I'd obsess over watching like nickelodeon and cartoon network and 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 the the pin, the, the handful of british ones So we, do, we don't get a lot of animated shows here in this country so um it was all very american shows uh and um so i eventually got into making comics and that was like my start in like stuff online but eventually i learned how to uh use flash uh i picked up flash 8 i think some point in like 2002 and um uh i then um used that to make my first cartoons on newgrounds uh which were based on my comics so i take my comic characters and animate them and voice them and um through that that's where i started to like meet people and uh grow like a sort of a, a community of fellow creative people along the way and um Basically, a you know a lot of the a lot of the people sort of I met then I'm still in contact with today, and you know we're still very good friends. Um, and even though like I, I wavered on animation for a while, like I, 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 I dabbled in vlogs, and it's like that was a mistake. I shouldn't I sh- I shouldn't I shouldn't talk in person in front of a camera. I should be behind an animated character. I think that's where I'm happiest. Um, and. Uh, Eventually, yeah. So I, I got to a point where I was I was uploading videos on my own channel, which were like for a long time were like like these of these like absurdest short sketches and stuff. And like the 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 views weren't great. And I know you shouldn't like you shouldn't ma- you shouldn't balance your happiness or your self worth based on on a view count. But like I always felt that like if the time I've invested into a project doesn't match. The, the 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 amount of people who watch and enjoy it then i can't help but consider that to be a bit of a sucker punch sometimes so um i basically stopped and i took stock i was like okay the the current direction i'm going with what i'm doing isn't really working out uh it's not really rewarding so uh i i considered like what am i at, what am i actually watching so i'm not watching and you know, these sort of the same sort of stuff I was making. Um, what but what I was watching was like a lot of uh, animated story times, you know, like uh, Let Me Explain Studios and JD Animations, and a lot of um, video essays, uh, like Vox and Nerdwriter and that sort of thing. So I thought, well, okay, is there a way I can combine the two together and make my own thing like that? And that became the Eddache series. Like my channel was always called Eddache but then i I officially made this the Eddict series, where my animated self would just nerd out about various things I'm passionate about and tell you know either appreciations for small details or a full blown behind the scenes of how this one aspect was done, and that turned out to be the thing, like my first video on in this series, which was um how who sh- who shot Mr. Burns, the Simpsons two parter is solvable with just the first part alone. When that got like a million views in like a month, I think I uh, was I was like, okay, I think I I think I I think I struck I think I, I think I done something right. And then I did um my second video, which was about the Daffy Duck Donald Duck scene in Roger Rabbit, and just like the 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 effort it took to get that scene to happen. Uh, that got like, my I set myself the goal of like I just want to hit like a hundred k in a week, and I thought that was like a that's a crazy number but it, it did do that and then i'm like okay fine i'm just gonna do this now i'm I'm not, I'm not gonna do any more of the absurd sketchy stuff i'm just gonna focus on making these since they seem to be working out for me and so that's basically where i am today uh yeah
2: wow just like it, it, it's it's i was gonna say with yeah with some of your friends from like the that new grounds era um like what who are some of the people that you still talk to today from that era?
3: Well, uh, naturally there is um Thomas Ridgewell, aka Tom Scar. Uh, we now work together. Um he's, he's effectively my boss, I guess, but like we we're 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 co-workers really. We we collaborate on almost every uh, creative project uh, together. Um there's a let's see, there's uh one chop who is a animator who we still work with today uh weeble from weeble stuff um he likewise we still like work together sometimes so uh yeah like yeah a a bunch of names and also like i was i was lucky that like one of the meetups i went to had like a handful of like the the american new ground people sort of come over so i met like tom Fulp, the founder of new grounds and stuff like that so like yeah and the og yeah (laughs) um and like I, yeah, you know, I've never met him again since. But it was just nice to have, I guess, in that moment in time. This was like, you know, YouTube was only starting to like warm up, so it was definitely like, I'd say, like the 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 peak, the high, the golden moment uh, of new grounds before YouTube sort of like stole all the animators away. Um, so it was nice. It was nice to be there, you know, right there in that moment in time.
2: Yeah. Like I can imagine. <laughs> I was gonna, and I was also gonna say uh, with with Tomska, Like, how? So, I mean, you knew each other through Newgrounds, but how did you end up like becoming like? How did you end up starting to actually like work together as you do now?
3: Uh, so yeah, we began meeting up at like, um, yeah, so Newground meetups at um. There's a there's a. What
1: year was this?
0: Oh God,
3: uh, it was. I reckon it was like around, oh, God, I can't remember years. What are, where where, where, where is time? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, time I'm, is a construct. I'm going to have to assume it was like 2006, 2007, maybe. I can't remember. Okay. But, like, yeah, certainly like l- late 2000s. Um, so, yeah, so we'll meet up. There was also like a, a web comics convention. Um, Called the web comics thing and that was like a small mini press, you know, indie convention and stuff. Um that only lasted for a few years, but like every year it would be like the same group of people would turn up and would get to hang out and stuff. And that was awesome. I, you know that, that that was uh I always loved those sort of like meetups and just meeting people and chatting. It was never with like like a networking insidious goal in mind. It was just like, hey I like your stuff. Hey I like your stuff. Let's let's have a beer. <laughs> so it was just like a nice casual like hanging out with like similar-minded friends and um it was uh eventually tom moved to london and so uh he and mine and with a group of friends would like meet up for like drinks every week and just hang out and chat and stuff um but ultimately it got to around when our uh joint friend ed gould aka ed's world passed away in 2012 um that uh what that eventually led to was um so tom took up the mantle of running the channel um as sort of like from, from, with the blessing of of its uh, family and um found himself struggling because uh i think obviously a mixture of grief of um sort of a lot of like Um, mental health issues starting to really reach a boiling point and stuff he was basically struggling to manage this entirely on his own so um he reached out to his friends and be like if anyone's interested in like helping out let me know and uh i did and um it began with like helping tom out with like his own sketches like there was a few ideas that weren't like clicking for him so we just like bouncing off one another, and we came up with a few ideas, which were like some of our earliest sketches, um, but then eventually it led to Ed's World, and um, he he would say to me that he had like, he had like a, 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 a sort of script, it was like the first scene, and then a list of gags, but that's all he had, he couldn't get like, he couldn't get the characters to talk to each other, he kind of knew what had to happen, but the getting there, he 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 couldn't get, he couldn't figure out, and so he gave me the script file and then a day later i handed him a completed script (laughs) and it was kind of from that point onwards that we began collaborating regularly um and then eventually around 2015 i left my um my office job to pursue a career in creativity and um Sort worked with Tom full time.
1: You've been adopted,
3: yeah. <laughs> by someone eight years younger than me.
0: <laughs> He's a time uh-huh. so we have okay. a clue. <laughs> 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 oh, lord.
1: Um, yeah, that sounds like I wasn't. You know, we were. Me and Lauren were probably like in high school at that time. So I was like, not to make you sound old, but you know that. So, I, I just remember, like, this was way before I was a content creator Like, I didn't start making content until, like, I was in college. But I do remember, like, the um news and how, I don't think I could really see the, 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 the direct effect it was having. But, you know, it was just, like, I could tell he was, like, a really cool guy in general by just how upset people were about it. You know, like, obviously, when someone dies, you're upset anyway. But, you know, like, there's kind of more of a loss, like... Because you know you 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 don't really have that warmth anymore that you had in in like him as a person. So, I think there's I there's know, an but, element of like he ahead.
3: puts he puts so much of himself into his animations because ultimately his animations were him and his friends. Like it was well, it wasn't like you know well established fought out characters. It was just basically it was him. It was his friend Tom. It was his friend Matt. And um, it was. He was just, you know, silly adventures they'd gone together, but it was really like, it was really just him and his friends having fun, and I think that resonated with a lot of people. So to, to to lose him wasn't just like losing a man; it was losing the, the soul of his show. Like, and you know, whilst you know Tom and I um, continued to show for four years. Um, after he died away, uh, after he passed away, he, um, we uh, you know, we were still like, there's only so much we could really do, um, that that could be felt to be true to, to his vision because, like, the fact was, like, uh, without him, it was, it was, it, there was only, yeah, I, I can't think of the words to say, without him, there was only so much we could do with the show. Um, we were conscious to not just like repeat jokes, you know, fan favorite jokes or anything like that. We wanted to like um, I guess in a manner, one of the one of the earliest ideas, uh, earliest um decisions we made was to just try and distance the relationship between the character and the person it's based on a bit, um because, like whilst we wanted to keep it like true to the legacy. Um, we had to treat them more like characters now because we didn't have Ed anymore, so um, we we sort of like moved Ed because the pro- also the problem I had looking at the show objectively was the fact that like you could take lines from one character and swap it with another character, and it would probably just be the same, like, there wasn't a lot that um that that made them stand out, you know, as, as identifiable characters, so we had to like uh adjust them a bit so like with ed um we, we made him more of this like optimistic team leader that tries but doesn't always succeed and we felt that that made him like a very endearing character and um uh and that that worked out because like do thinking it him more like that way um helped us when it came to the scripting part so we knew like yeah oh we have to reference cola here or there because that was ed's thing but, like ultimately, like how the characters speak to one another we we had to like flanderize them in a in in a way because of because like yeah, we didn't have ed to do that bit for us, so um and can like you,
1: can you define can you define flanderizing for people who might not know oh term?
3: sure flanderizing is um it's, it's it's named after Ned Flanders from The simpsons and it's a case of where uh when a character gets sort of pushed further and further into their archetype, that they almost become a parody of themselves. So Ned Flanders, for example, he was Christian, but like, it wasn't like his defining character trait. It was just an aspect of him. But now, as the seasons have worn on, he's become like a, a full-blown, kooky Christian. Um And so, Flanderized was was a term born out of that. Um I, I should stress in, in regards to like, writing the scripts for well, like, Tom... Was present for like a lot of the history of Ed's world. Like he he wrote his own dialogue a lot of the time. There were episodes that he either co-wrote or you know out and out wrote by himself. Like uh, Space Face, um, was ultimately Ed's final episode. Um, it, you know he he had written that entirely himself with Ed's you know sign off. So um, you know we still had Tom around to be that kind of guiding voice. Um. He he knew you know he knew in his heart what felt right. Um, it was still just figuring out the path along the way. So
2: I remember being in high school and all. Well, actually, just I remember how many people watched the show and how many people talked about it. And then, of course, in the DeviantArt era, how many people made Ed's World art. And and so when that news broke in 2012, I just it I I remember just how just the internet. I felt like it kind of froze at that. So it was, but it's, it's so inspiring to know that, you know, even after all of that, you guys still pushed on as best as you could. And, and you shaped it into some, into something that could still live on and still be an honor to Ed in not having to change too much of it, you know, drastically to keep it going.
3: Yeah. Um, I I mean, the, the, the episode that I wrote in a day, Um, whilst you know it still got like tweaked and refined, but that became Mm -hmm. the most watched episode of Ed's World ever, and that's a very bittersweet feeling because it's like while I'm incredibly proud of that accomplishment, I think it has like I don't, I can't remember the top of my head, I think it has like 30 million plus. I that might be underestimating it, I can't, I, I can't remember. I know it's an obscene number, um, but um whilst that's you know that's great i it was never our goal to like outdo ed like no like no absolutely not like i mean the only the the, the solace i can take in that is that if um if people discover the show through that episode and then off the back of that dig and find the history and you know find ed and his work then i i would i would call that job done
2: yeah, exactly. Because I mean, as, as long as it was done in like, it, it, cause in, in a way, it's to pay loving tribute to him. And so it, and it's to keep that legacy alive. And so I think that's, I, I think that's amazing. So I, I, that's how I see it. It's, it's not taking away from him. It's adding to what he started and helping other people see it. So if they haven't already. So I think that's no, I think that's, a, I think that's fantastic and actually to root into uh your writing process uh what can you share with us about your writing process and content development like how do you get ideas for your videos especially in a for the youtube format how do you figure that out especially with algorithms these days <laughs>
3: yes so the the cursed algorithm um it's it's okay it's, it's definitely tricky because it's like you got to think about what you want to make and what are like like-minded or similar people doing um like when i started doing video essays the first thing i did was like look at as many other different video essays as i could um and uh, oh sorry sorry animated story times i mean um because like i knew i wanted to go for that aesthetic but i didn't want to like um go succumb to any of the pitfalls that other people may have done um, and like While I don't agree with them Seeing what the criticisms were For these sort of shows um, So like uh, For example uh, uh, There was ones where You have like sort of like KP's one Where you have the character who is Essentially a series of poses um, And um, uh, So I thought well I, I don't want to have my character to be um, Static I would rather have it, them moving. But at the same time, I can't like on a any semi-frequency basis have a character that's fully animated for like ten minutes at a time. Like that's that's insane. Um for, for me to do on my own. Um but then like uh I so I, I didn't want to be animated. But then I looked at ones that were animated and I so saw a lot of the time they were like they maybe had like a few loops of animation where the character would like shift from one pose to another or something like that, and even then it's like that that looks bad that looks that looks lazy if you just have the same animation that you have on a loop, so I knew that I needed a a diversity of movement in what my character does um and uh so from that, I spent like half a year just designing my character to have like multiple different expressions multiple different gestures like even his hair can flop his jawline moves when he speaks but like ultimately it. what now that i've done that prep work when i go into making the video i still do the same seemingly you know quote unquote lazy approach which is like i just like uh this scene the character is now shocked so i will just go through my shocked assets and pick that one and then there we go so from from an outsider it, it looks fully animated but for me because i've already done the prep work it's just it's just as easy i'm just plucking like oh I want this expression now um and then with each new episode i might only need to add like three or four new expressions or new illustrations to the design um so there is still new stuff being added onto it but um, it's a model that's building and building over time, but at the same time, it's still not that same agonizing, fully animated character. It's the same model, the same you know, uh, batch of expressions. Uh, even the lip sync is like the lip sync itself is like uh, it's just a looping mouth cycle for most part. It's only if I ever like hold on to a certain word or a certain uh, syllable would I then like have the mouth shape be specific and hold or anything um it's all these like little tiny tricks that i've just learned over like a decade of animating (laughs) that um uh allowed me to make this like fully modeled character and so a lot of that just came out of just like just researching just simply like what do other people do what do i like about it what i dislike about it uh and what do I want to do? What on, how do I want to bring my voice uh to the scene? Um if you're gonna go into it with like something like Ed's world or has been or something like that, like the scene on YouTube for original animation is not great. It's 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 I mean I, I've said before that YouTube is the place where animation goes to die because it <clears throat> because it's so like governed by like the algorithm what people what people uh, how recommendations work and what people want to see because it's like for a lot for a lot of people um sometimes the selling point has to be like the the ip it's based on um if it's based on something established so like it's a mario parody or something like that you know um if you want to make something that's truly original then sometimes the the feature that needs to stick out is it it's really well animated you know like the thumbnail the art design looks really cool or or something like that but then it's the pitfall of like well to do something that looks that good is going to take a long time or it takes a lot of money it's like there's there's so many like different Uh, different degrees of like complexity of, of this sort of thing so that's why the the style of animation that's really boomed has been um apart from has been has been um animated story times because they fill that that void of like they tick the box of of youtube's algorithm of like being happier with a 10 minute plus video uh without killing the animator in the process um so the the minimalist of like the minimalist style of like um a character on on um on on key poses uh or sometimes they might be missing a mouth or missing eyes or missing some other feature that just all these little corner cuts um can still fulfill the quota of videos um which ticks youtube's box um but still makes it a manageable amount of work for the animator, um, and that that's why that sort of thing has boomed. And I know because I you know I, I have a, I am in the animation community. I also am aware that like it has its detractors who like hate all the thing. But it's like I I find it so weird that people would like hate on animated story times or or, or anything because it's like I I don't know. It's like they're like we want more animation on youtube no no, not that one <laughs> it's like no 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 they're, they're doing the thing they're doing the thing you want no i don't no not that i want it to be more original stuff well okay here's has been no i don't want that either you know <laughs> so it, it's 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 super tricky um so i guess yeah the real question is like first of all in terms of like how to approach making stuff for youtube It's like first of all figure out what you actually want to watch what what is it you want to make and then go out there and see what other people have done and where people have succeeded where people have failed and use those lessons to sort of come up with your own answer you know maybe there is a way to make an original animated show um that that is manageable in animation terms um you know but that's a that's a facet to be explored there's definitely animators out there who have like done superb original work outside of like has been like you know um there's pymations um who does a lot of like yeah you know, he does parody uh stuff but he also also makes original animations too and maybe that maybe that's a, a key facet of it you know do some parodies, and then, like, once you've hooked people in, then you put out your original stuff as well. Um, there's there's, there's a few approaches. so I can only just say, like, see what other people have done, how it's worked for them, and then do one better.
1: That's <laughs> yeah, a good way to go about it, too, because, you know, um, there's so many content creators, like myself included, that kind of come from a niche background, like talking from something very specific, and when they want to see they want to move on to a grander scope thing or even, like, worse, original content. You know, it's it can be daunting because, like, you know, there's always the fear that you're going to isolate people that only want you for that one thing, um, you know, too. But I think, you know, forcing yourself... I mean, this is kind of like an internet thing, but, like, forcing yourself to do something just because it's popular is never, like, also a good idea, too. Like, so finding the middle ground, I think, is important. Like, for example, for me, like... You know, we're moving on to, like, bigger, you know, video essay type things. Like, we're in pre-production for our first original, like, short, um, you know. But at the same time, it's like, I'll talk about ponies, like, if I feel like it. Like, that's not off the table, but, you know, I can't, you know, keep on talking about this thing that I'm not really passionate or about because, you know, like, you know. The thing, know, with
3: YouTube, Go ahead. the thing with YouTube that's so unique, I think, to like nearly any other medium is people can read sincerity. You know, they they can tell when you're phoning it in. Um they they it's it's so weird. They can they I, I guess because there's is there's a different sense of intimacy when it comes to a YouTube video because um It doesn't feel like it's not the same thing with a TV show or a movie. You don't seem they seem there's a degree of separation there. But when it's a YouTube video, it's like they are talking to you, and so therefore, if they're lying to you, you know, if they're like trying to subvertly push a a a sponsor plug without declaring that they've been sponsored by it or whatever, people be like, "Hang on, no, you're trying to sell me something." or likewise, if you, if they are making videos for the sake of making videos, people will read through and be like, "I am bored. I don't." Yeah, you know, they may not necessarily put their finger on it, but they'll be they'll still read it and definitely get the vibe of like, "You're not into it. You're not. You're not as into the subject as you sound like you are." Um, and because so you... it
2: comes becomes routine for so many people, especially if they're cranking out videos on like virtually a daily basis. So it's yeah. like,
1: yeah. <laughs> you're not envy those people
3: you you've got to you got to stick to what you're passionate about and i think if you can if you can convey like doesn't matter how niche it is if you are passionate in thing and you can convey that into a video people can still read that and like be like yeah all right i get this like even if it's like you know i don't know stamp collecting you know the video about stamp collecting and be like ah, i'm bored with this you know <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean I'm, I'm gonna get into it myself but like the people passion carries you know and people can tell when you're being sincere and speaking your truth and 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 that passion can carry a video regardless of what it's about
2: i was gonna say because i mean you did bring up like some of some of the challenges uh, of like working against the algorithm and stuff but i and in some of the stuff you create what are some of, of the major challenges you've had to face as a content creator especially as you know um, i guess you can say as like youtube constantly changes and updates the algorithm but also as youtube audiences change what are some of the biggest challenges you have faced yes, when it comes to making new videos
3: the youtube algorithm is a mysterious entity because we don't we you know they don't tell you what they've done. You know, they'll do some like under the hood changes and you won't find out. <laughs> like you, it's a constant, like hide a guessing game. Like, I don't know how the trending tab works. I, 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 I don't understand this thing. Is it moderated? Is it automated? They don't tell us. So <laughs> I have no idea. Um, why is there always like eight KSI related videos? And then the other two are boxing. Like, who is filling up this page i don't get it um but um uh what i do understand of it is um it it prefers regular uh, regular but it doesn't have to mean weekly although it, it it might like weekly i don't know um but it prefers regularity uh it prefers watch time so therefore like 10 minutes is the kind of like golden number it used to be free that's how you know that's how things have changed it used to be three minutes three minutes was the perfect video um but now people with youtube they treat it almost like a lot of other streaming services and it's not so much like a an idle time waste i think tiktok may have picked up that now um it it, it's now like um i mean for me it's certainly I, i feel like a lot of people show this for me it's like a sit down thing like you know i have a meal I might have my lunch, and I'll watch a 10, 15-minute YouTube video with it, you know? Um, people treat it like another streaming service. Um, in terms of, like, the, 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 the kind of challenges and having to adapt, um, part of it is, like, it is a kind of game of, like, clickbait, I guess. Um, and um, and th- that sucks, because it, it it makes it sound so... Soulless. The fact that you're playing this game of like, oh, what's going to be the most appealing to audiences? What's going to really get them clicking this thing? But like, it it it's an unfortunate like the only way to survive, really. You know, like uh, for example, for uh, we Tom and I had a sketch called um well, well the sketch had a pug uh who turned out to be this like super cool sniper. Um, and um, it was going to be called Sergeant Pugsley because that's the name of the character. But then, if people are like, Oh, what was that video? It had a pug, he was a sniper. Ah, oh, what was it called? They won't be able to find it, so we called it Sniper Pug. It's the most literal title you could give it, um, but it's what people will search for, and that works. Um, so some t- sometimes giving it a very literal title like um i pranked my mom lol (laughs) like it 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 tells people exactly what to expect and um that's now become such another another facet like um i guess because there's so much stuff on youtube clamoring for people's attention that you can't just like push out something that's just good and expect it to sort of like stand on its own legs because it's up against so much other stuff so um you have to find a way to like make it appealing to people to come in so like given it that kind of alluring title like you know uh, so like the goofy video we called it like um what happened to goofy's wife and it's like that's to make it sound like alluring and like ooh you know that is a question that has been on my mind or it might even be the literal question that somebody would type into youtube um uh then um then there's the thumbnail and it'd be great to give these thumbnails like a nice, cool, creative, like something that just like looks nice, but sometimes it does ha- it does have to be the most garish, most standouty thing of like a character going whoa next to
0: yeah. an,
1: a,
3: an, a familiar IP, you know? Um <laughs> uh it, it, it's, 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 the thumbnail I have found in recent years seems to be doing, like, 90% of the legwork, like, the title is, like, so much, like, the title does say something of, like, um what this video is about, but the thumbnail is the real selling point, and that is such a delicate art of, like, trying to figure out what the right thumbnail is, and it's absurd, it's like, I just want to make a good fucking video, you know, <laughs> I just want to make something that's good, And entertaining, yeah. But at the same time, you've got to be like, oh, what the fuck is the thumb going to look like? It's such like, that shouldn't be such a pressing question, but it is, because it's like, it doesn't matter how good your video is, you've got to get people through that front door. And that front door is the thumbnail and the title. And I mean, there's four things people look at when they look at a thumbnail. It's the thumbnail itself, the title, the watch time, uh, the the runtime, sorry, and the view count. So, sometimes when um, when I've had a video that gets over a million views, that in turn gets another wind of of, of views, because people are like, this got a million views? I wonder what this is about. You know, this, that becomes a selling point in or of itself. Um, and so, you got to play with these things. So, uh, if the runtime is like, you know, if people can see that it's only like 10 seconds long, then like, I guess they might just. sod it just watch it there and then if they can see it's like two to three minutes long they might be like well i guess i'll watch that in a bit you know and i've got a bit of downtime that might be one for on the toilet or something but then when it's like a 10 minute video that's like okay i'm getting my i'm getting my lunch out for this so um people react to runtime differently um and so it's like these different these these are the elements as i said it's, it's it's getting people through that door these are the elements that like people are presented with when they're scrolling through on their phone or on their on whatever device they're using um so therefore you've got to use those to sell your video to them the runtime is what it is and you can't control the view count but you can control the title and the thumbnail so you gotta like go ham on those and be like well what 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 can i sell these people on on this what's the most alluring title what's the most um easy to understand thumbnail you can't make it too busy um the simpler the better really um but still in a very eye catching poppy way um and um then once you've got all those down and they're through the front door that's when your content can sell them and um yeah that that's that, that's the whole, that's the next step challenge um yeah it sucks. It's soulless. It's it's soul destroying. Like it like as I said I I wish I could just make fun videos and that be it but like yeah there's a game and you got to play it.
1: You you get nothing if you wait for it. Uh
2: <laughs> I was uh, I was also going to say to follow up on that um because uh you know when you get to make the content that you want and I know basing off of what people want but most importantly on what you want to do um do you have any ideas for projects you haven't done yet that you would like to do? Like, do you have anything that you're thinking down the line? You know, I haven't done a video on this, or maybe I have done, but I done one and I haven't gone deep enough into it. What would be anything like that that
3: you might have?
2: Um, That's what she
1: said. <laughs> I ooh,
3: um I um so I want there's a video I want to approach about spoof movies. So, like, mm. growing up, I loved and adored, you know, pretty much anything by the Zucker Brothers or the Abrahams. So there's, um, yes. there's like, uh, Airplane, Naked Gun of the Police Squad series. Um, oh, yeah. There is uh, Hot Shots and, like, so many really, really just phenomenally great spoof movies. Um, and then there was, like, the age of, like, the scary movie which seemingly began the resurgence of the genre but then it 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 got degraded into like epic movie and not another date movie and it just turned into like these kind of like gross out raunchy like just really really awful movies and then like it, it, there's a there's a whole wave like which is still going on now um of like spoof movies, which I like, they just take the literal property, like Game of Thrones or Walking Dead, and then they'll just do like a parody, except one character is a predatory gay character, the next character is a, 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 a weed surfer dude type nerd, and then you've got like, uh, it's just so tired and bad, and it like, to me it it, it misses some of the fundamental points of what makes a spoof movie so so good um and I, I would love to do a topic that is just dedicated to like i guess what defines a spoof movie and and like what happened because i mean i guess in a manner a spoof movie does still exist it's like um you, you know, like youtube parodies are essentially spoof you know sp- spoofs when like um uh, if you do a mario parody that's a mario spoof really um but um, yeah, I can't. I, yeah, there's 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 just like a prestige to something like airplane that I I'm yet to see matched today. The nearest I've seen has been something like Lego Movie, which does a lot of subversion of expectations. Um, there's Kung Pao, which is like yeah, it's 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 kind of bad in places, but like I I hold it near and dear to my heart because it's 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 bad but like i like it it's a fun bad you know <laughs> there's like there's parts that there's parts are still caught with friends and we still like we could be in tears laughing over it but like it, it just it's just one of those things that sort of sticks with you um it does still sort of exist but it's like it's more like the 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 real subversion of expectations what it's now become has just become this like like factory line of pop culture references after pop culture references and it's like that's not what spoofs are you're just like you're just doing the thing you know and here's another thing you know and that's the film um Mm
1: -hmm.
2: i feel like yeah when you brought up epic movie i remember like i when i was like i was like 13 or something when that when that came out in theaters and i remember seeing it and as a 13 year old You know, I think because everything was so timely that I laughed at it. But watching (laughs) it years later, you look back at it and you go, God, this is abysmal. How did I, why did I stomach? I mean, it's just so, so horribly written, lazily put together. And, and even the jokes, even the parodies they were trying to make were, some of the movies hadn't even come out yet. They were basing it off of mo- off of these moments in movies that either maybe just had barely come out or about to come out by the time they were making this movie, so it was like they were basing off of movie posters at that point. <laughs> so it was, and so when the jokes didn't really land, and it was, and it was just very crude and dirty, way dirtier than any of the of those parody movies had a right to be, and uh, and it was, it was just bad. And um, like, at least with date movie, there are a lot of moments where I still laugh at it because I mean, it was I mean, it's crude hum- humor, but I still laugh at the dumb jokes where like, I mean, it's not even so much dumb as it is. It seems like a joke that uh, truly the Zucker Brothers would put in because one of them was still working on the movie. I think it was David Zucker that was working on the movies at that point. And uh, and they when there's the bachelorette part, or a bachelor part, where after he's eliminated all the bachelorettes, and he's down to the one who's the protagonist, right, and 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 you have a, you have Chris there going, like, you guys just want a dinner for two at a restaurant, and they get all excited, and you realize that the restaurant they're going to is literally called a restaurant, I'm like, that is something straight out of the naked gun, with yeah. the hospital, the police, the police station, like, <laughs> it was like, I'm like, that's the kind of stuff, I'm like, you know what, that's great, it's a great visual gag. And and the whole aspect was they did parody right there, and they even did some of the the, the, the timely parodies right there because they even did um they even made jabs at the uh, Carl's Junior ads at the time, which uh, I don't know how old some of you are here. But I hope some of you are old enough to remember when Carl's Junior was known for the sexy girl commercials where they had him like eating a burger while washing a car and being scantily clad and and just doused in soapy water like it was and they knew it was like they know what they're doing with these ads they know it they shouldn't be doing it but they're doing it anyway and they knew it would sell stuff and it did so (laughs) so it was like they were totally and they totally made jabs at that in the movie too so like that was a point where i feel like epic movie died and kill it killed that what the momentum that it did have because date movie was still good and that was that's my mini rant on between. 2004
1: 2006 or whatever if you're new here this is a long episode go ahead (laughs) (laughs) i
3: think you nailed on the head like like yeah you were 13 at the time so you definitely would have found that funny at the time and that's okay like that doesn't delegitimize you know that 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 moment for you but i guess the problem i have is that um it's flash in the pan it is like Mm -hmm. like this is funny now like i remember Mm -hmm. seeing like i think I can't remember if it was scary movie one or two, which I I saw them in the cinema. And I I think it has the whole bit where they're doing the What's Up Budweiser ad. I'm like, (laughs) that's funny because I know that reference. But if I watched Mm -hmm. that today, or if anyone watched that today, they'd be like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) So it it, it ages super, super badly. Um, But like, and like airplane and 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 life of brian monty python like these like there are moments in those that have definitely aged badly um but it's more like largely um like holds up it's still funny because it still subverts um yeah, it subverts expectations it has like witty background gags and sign gags and stuff like that like it has all that stuff which is just funny regardless of what decade we're in um and it
2: parodied and it parodied classic movies like people like movies that people had already known for a long time at that point well established in cinema and so to parody those moments that is what i'm like they took the they they picked the right things to poke fun of and they put them in there instead of something that was as of the year 1979 or whatever because they released the movie in 80 but they filmed it in 79 um, so I mean it, it was taking out something that was super not not every joke was super relevant to 1979 specifically so it, that's that was what was great too is they parodied all those other movies that had already been established and had been liked for a long time so um and then even for a few years like it, yeah nothing is truly more 70s than Saturday night fever uh, <laughs> but um but the uh but have moments like that like even though it was product at the time nowadays it's because Saturday night fever it's kind of like one of those like some people may say it's not a great movie but it's still kind of like a cult classic like people still like it and remember it to this day so it's like not a perfect film but people like it and so it's they they pick them wisely i guess you could say but yeah you know, I, I think yeah. i think
3: like the way like i think like airplane and naked gun approach things was like they didn't like do they weren't going for like a straight up like parody like i haven't seen zero hour which is what airplane is based off um like it, it, um like to the point where the makers of airplane like bought the rights of zero hour essentially like how you would treat a remake except they weren't remaking it they were spoofing it um and um but like i haven't seen that but i know plane disasters in general Like I, I can't tell you any any number. I can't tell you any plane disaster movies I've actually seen. But like I know the tropes, and like even then, like a lot of what a lot of the gags aren't based off, like plane disaster movies. It's stuff like you know, surely you can't be serious. I am, and don't call me Shirley. Like that's just (laughs) wordplay, and that that works fine. Uh, Naked Gun, you know, it's based off like the gumshoe private detective stuff, like. Again, I can't name you know, Columbo. I guess like there's (laughs) a handful of like detective shows, maybe, but like it's not based off any one specific thing. It's just taking the tropes of the whole genre, and because it doesn't, it's not specifically any one thing. It's a broad stroke that I think works in its favour because that means it doesn't age as much because it's based off. It's based on a on a larger thing. So when you get like. Scary movie the first one Which is a, I think is, It does try to be quite broad but it's a lot more Specifically based on Scream Then it kind of Depends on you Knowing what Scream is To then get this film and that That's where I think film those sort of films Began to falter because it's like once you start Like depending On other things to exist When you, you're depending on an audience to come in With like that predetermined Text in their head to then understand this film, then, like, that only leads to a film aging badly, I would say. So, basically, that's a topic I want to make for a video, but um, I haven't done it yet because it would require me to watch a lot of spoof movies, which I know I am going to want to die by the end of it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But that is a good topic, for sure, because, I mean, and, and it's one of those things where I'm like, Shoot, I would go on for hours and hours on that kind of stuff because yeah, like to your point, I love the Zucker brothers movies and I love parody in general and I love spoofs. So it's just like you know, and yeah, like, it, I, there is and like, there is an art
3: form to I, it. I like Rat Race. Do you, ever, do you ever see Rat Race? That was done yeah. by one of the Zucker's. Like yeah. it's like that was fine. It was a fun film. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It's not. It's not. I mean, it ends with Smash Mouth, but like apart from that, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs>
2: It's fine. This is fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> I
3: had a good time with it. I had a good time.
1: <laughs> and I'm just I... getting flashbacks to like that meme. I think that Ed shared on Twitter where it mm-hmm. was like, um, they took the smash, they took All Star, and they just take the first bit of it, the year's shot coming, and then they just do that, <laughs> repeat that verse for the whole song,
3: but pitch corrected as well. So
0: it, like it sounds yeah. seamless throughout. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Um, I think I think Lauren is doing a thing. Um but yeah, okay, so I'll I'll take over then. Um for a sec, what? So we've talked a lot about like how the algorithm works and how everyone hates it and how like it is like a mythical beast and we will never understand it. So I was going to say like what do you like what advice do you have for people that maybe wanted a YouTube and they don't know where to go or how to start? Basically either you know, technique wise and also like on a technology wise basis to like what kind of mic setup they would need, you know, stuff like that.
3: Um, I think people are more sensitive to sound than they are to sight. I think there's a lot yeah. you can cover up with visuals of like, um, yeah, you can you can make a video entirely out of stock images, you know, and it would work just fine. Um, but it has to sound good. So I say if anything, focus on getting a decent microphone. Like, I think it's stu- like an entry level thing could be like this. You can get like a fifty pound condenser USB microphone. Um, but then, like, I mean, the setup I have, I bought for like uh, four hundred pounds, but it has lasted me, I think, like a decade. Like it, 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 it stood the test because, like, you know, it was like my my going in was like if I just spend the money now, then it will last, and it has. Um, and um, so I think if you're gonna, do, whatever you do, if you if you're if you're if you're gonna do anything that involves you speaking, um, then focus on getting a good microphone first and foremost, and then everything else you can sort of like build up and and develop over time. Um, in terms of like starting youtube um you got to you got to understand that it's not going to happen overnight i know it's like it's somewhere it's listed that like youtuber is like or, or content creator i guess like tiktok is now under that brand too but like you know some kind of content creator is like the number one career goal for people um but you can't like expect it just to happen um as i said for one there's a game to be played and you got to play you got to play by the rules but like um th- there's a there's almost a lot going against you just starting out and it just takes like a lot of like time and investment so you've got to care about what you're doing you got to do it because you love doing it um and like yes over time people will recognize that and they will reward you for it they'll come back they'll subscribe not that subscriptions particularly mean anything nowadays because it's all just homepage random recommendations but um still uh you will start getting recognition um and as long as like you care about what you're doing and you're making it to the best of your ability um you know, like uh, there, there's still technical limitations. Like I think most computers come with like a free editing software, like Windows Movie Maker, and it's rough, but like it can get the job done. Um, but if you just do as best as you possibly can, then I think people would recognise that, and it will. It's not something that you will necessarily look back on and go, oh god. Like I definitely do. I definitely look back at some of my older stuff and be like, oh god, that's bad. Um, but I also know that it's because I guess maybe in that moment in time, I was just farting out a video because I wanted a video to come out that week. Um, I knew in my heart that it's not as good as I could have made that bin. So, um, yeah, so care about what you're doing. As I said before, look what others are doing. If you're doing something in a similar field, see what they're doing, how they're doing it and like, don't copy, but like take inspiration and and do it your own way. Um, and then, like, yeah, then start potentially reaching out for like collabs. You know, like, you know, you might start as a tiny channel, but then when you build up a catalog of of you know good videos, um, then would be the time to like collaborate with other people. And like, I think to an extent, keep your expectations in check. Don't think that like PewDiePie is going to collaborate with you based off your first video, but like, um. You know, if there's another channel, like your friend or whatever, who has a hundred subs, collaborate with them and then collaborate with the next channel and like keep like jumping up. And basically it's just tenacity. You just got to keep at it. Um And it sucks because it's like it's a long grind sometimes and it may never pay off. But I guess that's why I just fall back to just like you got to care about it. you got to be passionate about it because, you, yeah, that will... Yeah, you know, even if you yeah, you know, even if you even na- you never make it big, you never get that diamond plaque. Um if if you're if you can still look back at what you've done and look back on it with pride, then you know, that's that's a worthy accomplishment in and of itself.
1: I I'll just touch on the, the collab bit a little bit. So um something that I've been having to deal with personally, especially because um as I mentioned earlier, we're not doing conventions. So um, because of the niche market um, that I've noticed, a lot of people, like, they need to also be reintroduced to the brand, too. So that's why I'm just like, you know, I guess if you want to start doing something very niche, like, like doll collecting reviews or I don't know, like things people are doing, um, whatever. like, you can you can look it up, I guess, if you want to. but, you know, always have a plan to kind of branch out from that too. Because I think that's one of the things I regret is I think I stuck with the pony stuff and exclusively the pony stuff for too long. Not that um, not that that's a necessarily a bad thing, but, it, um, you know, I, I was stagnant for a long time. And I think, you know, if I was willing to talk about more of, you know, the videos we're making now essentially and just kind of having broader topics, you know, We'd still have the pony stuff for people that like that, but for people who aren't into that that community, then it's just like, oh, well, there's something else for me, too. Um, so, you know, a lot of times when I, you know, lately that I appear on Collab, especially, like, I think we even got some of this on Twitter. Um, people are like, oh, I forgot she existed until now. And then, um, you know, same thing at conventions where people recognize the logo and stuff. And they're just like, oh, I used to watch all your stuff, but now I hate you because ponies are gross or something like that so like you know um so it's kind of shooting in the breeze and you know you don't really know who's gonna you know take a chance on you i guess Mia M- M- style but yeah I w- i've be- i've been very surprised because i feel like ed specifically you know is kind of like the fly in the room of like some very important not in- influential i guess people but he's very like you know chill about it he's just like you know, it's it is what it is, but it's it's fine kind of thing, which I think is refreshing because I know a lot of people are like, Oh, I edit for this person and we have this many subscribers and I feel validation only because of the subscriber number. And it's annoying, and I hate it, and I don't like it. So, uh, you know, and I think from the get go specifically with that, it's been very like what are like what's like what's break down what would be an interesting topic, like what do you think um people would like versus you know let's just do a thing because why not essentially which is a lot of sometimes the the response as well so the way the um, way i
3: approach it is like um sometimes you if you've got something you want to talk about but then just like mm -hmm. angle it in such a way that will still be uh enticing but you still trick them once they're in so like for example like right uh say you want say I'm just gonna pluck something completely out of the air from absolutely nowhere. Say you wanted to do a video about Treasure Planet, um, you may yeah. not <laughs> you may not necessarily want to go in with like, here's a video that's about Treasure Planet. Um, because people are like, um, I I I, I unless they know specifically, you know, unless they're also passionately about uh Treasure Planet, then may not necessarily care. But if it's like how Treasure Planet changed my life, or here's you know five things you never noticed about treasure planet or uh the the secret disney doesn't want you to know you know don't even mention treasure planet like well something like that there's there's there's. you can still once they're in you can still then steer them to what you want to talk about like i mean i did a video Mm -hmm. on um uh, i wanted to do a video that i I get to talk about she-ra but i made it about character design um so I get to talk about how much I like She-Ra, but I get to angle people in with like, I'm talking about how you do character design because they they took a show that was based on dolls. So therefore all the characters mm-hmm. looked alike uh, and then they got to branch off and make completely original designs out of everyone. So um, yeah, so I guess it's like, if you have something you want to talk about, but you want to play the algorithm game, then like, yeah, you just need to like figure a, a, an angle on it that become that would become enticing to, you know, regular Joe or regular Jane. But um mm-hmm. but uh yeah, once they're in, then you can then steer it to 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 the stuff that you you you're particularly passionate about.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think that's like an interesting cake. Um and then, you know, like something I'm learning is like Ed was just like like where are you? And I'm like, what do you mean? And they and he's like well where's your personality? And I'm just like I don't know like cuz cause, cause a lot of people um specifically with video essays, you know, the the English learning that we have is you take yourself out of the narrative, but I think you also have to put yourself in because it's a different YouTube is a different beast and people will, you know, that's kind of an endearing factor versus like if you're writing a critical essay, people don't want to care about like know about your cat or whatever or like what whatever thing you're trying to do to personalize the specific topic so um... i think
3: that in the air yeah, that that's definitely a case of like um i have found at least in my experience that people don't like being lectured like i mean i guess if these mm-hmm. if they're specifically seeking out like how do i write a script then, you know there, there's definitely like more academic videos on that sort of subject but if it's like you know how uh, how treasure planet inspired me to write this script then like um yeah. You know, then you know if you could put more of your your yourself in the video you could still get across the points you want to make but it then turns it excuse it to be more of a, of a personal approach and then that that's where like that's that sort of passion that like i said before can shine through because ultimately what you want people to come back for is you um not your topic so like you're saying about your 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 pony stuff like You want people to come back to your videos because they like you and they like what you're talking about. They like how informed you are and they like to learn something, you know, from from the well presented videos. But if they only know you for pony stuff, then they only want pony stuff. So Mm -hmm. if you put more of yourself and your personality into the videos, then people will become attached to you. And therefore they come back for you because they're like, I like this person. I like the way I like, you know, I like their sense of humor. I like the way they present stuff. So I'm going to keep coming back to them regardless of what they talk about. They could talk about, mm-hmm. you know, topics. I, I you know, a TV show or a movie I've never seen, but because it's this person telling me about it, then I'm all in.
1: Read the phone book.
3: <laughs> yeah. Maybe don't. <laughs> Save that for like a charity <laughs> live stream or something. <laughs>
1: yeah, fair enough. Um I think that's, I guess fine. Go ahead, Lauren. Oh no,
2: I was gonna say I'm like that's some like I mean that's solid advice to keep in mind always is like no matter what you do, even if you whether you go into content creation or not, it's that um you know, as long as you yourself are like, you know, as long as you can sell your personality kind of thing, not so much sell as it is convey it in what you do i mean that's what people should be wanting to gravitate towards again like it's just like topics will change subjects will change Mm -hmm. but you this is you're what people want to come back for
3: so right yeah Yeah. and all all that can just be is just like every now and again crack a joke or tell something from a personal perspective of like when i saw this movie for the first time and you know any anecdotes you have relating to it and that's if you just pepper those throughout the video, then people will learn more about you. And right,
1: you when know. I was a youth, you know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um. I think I think we're good. I think that was a like very good like informative time. I guess my my last question is 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 Ed when are we going to do that cat dog?
3: Oh, good God, no. <laughs> 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 that, like, that that's uh, not that, that, that's not a rabbit hole I want to go down.
1: i know like i've just been trolling in the comments because people are like so actually how does cat dog poop and i'm just like very carefully
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean people have been saying for me like to legitimately make that video and it's like no i mean like i mean i mean i wouldn't be against making such a daft video but the fact is is like i i don't i i watched cat dog but like i can't say i care for it especially and like I've always been conscious of, like, any video I make, I need to care about. Um, mm-hmm. Because, yeah, that's that whole sincerity thing. Uh, and also, like, if I'm going to dedicate a month of my life to making a video based <laughs> on a topic, I better care about it. You know, so,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: so, no, I, I don't see me ever actually looking into how cat dog poops. <laughs>
1: You have Google for a reason, I guess.
3: Yes. I'm sure somebody <laughs> else has approached this this topic before.
1: Fair enough. Okay, so, um, Eddie, <laughs> where can people find you if they want to, like, follow you in, in on the internet, I uh, guess?
3: I, my, I have a YouTube channel. It is the YouTube URL followed by EdAke, E-double-D-A-C-H-E. Uh, I am also on Twitter, which is EdAke as well, except there's an underscore because somebody else got the name before me. There we go.
1: Oh, they they got it. Okay. So, uh, if you're, I guess if you're new, we'll do the the ending thingies. If you're new to the podcast, um, make sure you subscribe to the main channel because, you know, that's, that's good. Uh, we do videos, we do podcast episodes every Wednesday and usually the con, the actual content is like every other week. So, you know, if you, if you really want your KP fix, I guess you can come here. Where there's not as much effort, I mean, like, in the actual, like, post-production process. That's what I mean. Uh, Lauren, do you have any, any note, anything else you want to go out on? Uh, no,
2: other than, yeah, our audio for the podcast is released on all streaming services like uh, SoundCloud and, and all those other kinds of things. We have, like, a few avenues we do that on uh, iTunes, all that good stuff.
0: Um, it's
1: on YouTube and like anywhere else you can yeah. get in I, the morning I, um in podcasts, the mornings yeah. in the a.m.s
2: on Wednesdays is when we usually try to have the audio up and then by evening we usually try to have the visualizer YouTube version up so that way you have both
1: can choose your poison I guess if you want to do that um so, yeah, thanks for listening. You know, if you're new, like this is this is our oh yeah, this is our twenty fifth episode. Whoa, Yay! Wee-hoo. We we got quarter of a hundred. We got we got a quarter. So you know we got plenty of shit. So if you want to like backtrack and you're and you're like who is a KP? That's a stupid name. Then you we can got twenty four re- other episodes you can go through. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mostly about animation topics, but we try to keep them funny too. If like you don't care about that, so you know, yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Well, thank uh, you, thank you, Ed,
1: for
2: joining us today. Thank you for
1: I'm having me. So we yeah, I'm so glad we were
2: able to have this schedule work out and and finally.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. Yeah. For those who don't know, this is our third attempt trying to record this specific episode. <laughs> so you know, it's it's fine.
3: <laughs> time zones right. suck.
1: It's hard. Life is hard. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. See you next time.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. We are really hoping this show makes a difference in how people view animation and media, as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation or media industry. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe and rate those five stars, as well as tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our main YouTube channel, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, and turn those notifications on. My name is Scribbler, and you have been listening to Animation Communication.